Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 169. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> My name is David planned. Brooke. I'm here with Nathan Simmons. We are going to recap the comics, the week in comics. We're going to review our favorite comics. But mm-hmm. before we get to any of that, we have to we have to brass tax it, get to the, the meat of it, mm. chomp the meat. Mm. You know, what is that saying? Anyway, Nathan. To the meat. How yeah. are you doing? <laughs> Oh, this is like the big, this is, yeah, the thing everyone's been waiting for. How's Nathan doing? Um, I'm good. I, I, I signed uh, on a new uh, house Ooh. or a new, you know, rental place this week. Nice. So very, very happy to uh, not be stressing over that anymore. Um, but yeah, other other than that, just been uh, reading some comics and rehearsing for a play and just never slowing down because if i stop the hustle i die how are you doing yeah, you're you're a shark in human form i am yeah, i'm good but like like a cute like shark's tail shark <laughs> like the movie shark's tail yeah 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 uh-huh wasn't uh wasn't uh will smith in that he was wasn't he one of the sharks yeah that's right will yeah. smith uh is in it and uh, angelina jolie martin scorsese in a rare acting role oh my god you're right yeah what a wait a what minute a picture what okay a picture. scorsese hates uh comic book movies but did shark tale i don't know that doesn't make you don't sense think that he it. does i don't <laughs> like i don't think that he hates comic book movies i think that he's just not into them and somehow yeah. that's a sin <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we've got uh ridley scott also on record saying comic book movies are yeah. bad and we've got Ridley Scott on the show next week to debate <laughs> with uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do a, a big chat. Uh, no. Can you imagine? That would be insane. I, I First of all, I'd wonder why they were there. That's the first question right. I'd ask. Why are you here? Yeah. What, what are you doing what are, here? <laughs> I'm here? Us? How did this happen? Um, no, you know what? I am sick of spring being so cold in Massachusetts. It's oh really? 51 degrees. What ta- what's the time yeah. where you are? Uh, it's in the 80s today. It's humid as fuck. Like I, I'm so glad that we're doing the weather report for our, oh my <laughs> for our God. podcast. We're covering a couple of coasts. We're going to have here. David Lynch on in two weeks to tell us about the weather as well. <laughs> it's 85 in Pensacola. <laughs> if you don't know uh, David Lynch, I think every day, right? He does a weather report. He, he, yeah, he was especially doing it like like every single day early on in the pandemic, and now he's still you know he's still doing his updates. Oh my god, we should start doing that on this he's show. Tell people the weather yeah. of when where we are. Yeah, yeah, in our in our David Lynch voices. <laughs> I don't know if and I then can do, do the that. news. Then do the news as David Lynch. The news. Spider punk artist Justin <laughs> Mason working on Rogues Gallery. <laughs> oh my god oh my god i think someone can that could be the show like we just do a new show yeah yeah okay i'm in all right <laughs> episode 169 nice <laughs> anyway uh we've been jabbering on way too long so let's I've done like, like i've done like 50 of these episodes before i got to bust out my david lynch impression that's true you've been holding back on us and we're I all i really have i'm so sorry we realize so you know you there's a little bit of light less in our lives mm-hmm. the last mm-hmm. year thanks a lot <laughs> uh no let's dive into the comic book news Unfortunately, we have to start with some very sad news. Friday, yeah. it was uh, revealed, announced, uh, that Neil Adams passed away at the age of 80. Uh, Neil Adams yeah. is a comics titan, legend, um, yeah. contributed so much to the comics industry, not only you know, with his art and, and iconic covers, but also um, in the industry itself. I mean, he pushed for yeah. the Superman originators to be credited on every comic, because for decades, yeah. uh, they weren't even listed. Um, a, a huge, I mean, uh, absolutely, an absolute titan, a huge uh, proponent for 
creators' rights and always pushed for, you know, unionizing comic book writers, getting them benefits, all that good stuff. And on top of that, one of the best artists to ever do the damn thing in yeah. comics. I mean, I remember being a kid and I had this book that like was like a, a primer on the different eras of comics. So mm. it was like 20 pages on the golden age, 20 pages on the silver age, whatever. And the thing that struck me were once it got to that second half of the book, all of these insane, like that was the first time I saw the cover, the iconic, you know, cover of Green Arrow shooting the arrow through the lantern you know and and just I, I was like this is this looks like the best thing I've ever seen and getting older and realizing that so many of those covers were done by the same guy and those stories that I grew up like I was like the same guy did Night of the Reaper and <laughs> you know uh Speedy does heroin and like <laughs> you know I mean he he was pushing for it, it, those those you know Dennis O'Neill uh neil adams books sometimes feel a little dated but like they were pushing to explore oh, yeah. social issues like at a time when no one was doing that in, in mainstream books uh, right. i mean yeah especially, especially in dc mm-hmm. and especially with characters like batman and green arrow and green lantern like approaching topics like race and uh police corruption and and social justice and i just yeah we we lost we lost one of the best man yeah, I mean, he was him and Dennis O'Neill were making Batman comics at the time when the world was, you know, completely blown away by Adam West's mm-hmm. Batman on TV, and they wanted that goofiness in comics, but yeah. they delivered something a lot more realistic. Uh, yeah, and there was a, a sense of menace in his Batman. I mean, stories. they they made Batman a a weird that weird figure of the night again, yeah. you know, uh, in stories like the the Secret of the Waiting Graves and the Joker's Five Way Revenge, which brought the joker back from obscurity i mean genuinely the joker was a character that no one was really using for like 10 years mm-hmm. yeah um a- every modern incarnation of the character you can think of has its roots in in that i haven't done the research uh, I, i'm gonna ask you a question mm. maybe you know the answer is okay. is uh neil adams the reason why we had batman uh without a shirt with this big hairy chest uh yes sir <laughs> that uh, is huge. that would be yeah no i mean he <laughs> O'Neill and Adams created Rachel Ghoul uh, in, in Daughter of the Demon. And yeah, that is that iconic, iconic. image of so iconic uh, of 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 Rachel Ghoul, you know, is this a devil I see or something, you know, like uh, that that shot of Batman with the cowl and with his fucking Connery-esque chest. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 100% Neil so Adams. So masculine. Um, yeah. The, I mean, just the coolest. Uh, he, he, he made Batman the coolest and if you Um, if you've uh gone to any comics almost any comics convention mm -hmm. you'll know he always had one of the biggest booths uh always warm Mm -hmm. and welcoming to fans um i mean i I, and he did the hustle himself yeah it was him and his wife uh, every time yeah Yeah. so it's a big Um, loss um absolutely he he uh (laughs) there was uh oh shoot there was something i was gonna tell you i can't remember what it was nope it's gone was it was it your print (laughs) No, I'll, I'll th- if I think of it, I'll, I'll we can drop it in later. It's uh, around four o'clock, I'd say, on Friday. Marvel and DC tweeted out mm-hmm. um, just you know the the incredible loss that, of Neil Adams and, mm-hmm. and their thoughts on him and, and the incredible work he contributed to both publishers. I saw actually Valiant also came out and said uh, Heavy Metal. Oh yeah, also had a tweet. Yeah, um, 
if you were on Twitter at between two and five o'clock on Friday, like <laughs> almost every, I think almost every creator under the sun yeah. had tweeted out some sort of sentiment and just complete shock and, and sadness. So most, most of my feed yesterday was just me sharing Neil Adams pages. Um, when I think of Batman on the page, I, I think of Neil Adams yeah. and I think of Norm Brayfogle and both of them, both of them gone within the last couple of years. Yeah. And that's just uh man, two, two absolute Titans. And I, I, uh, yeah. Uh, comics, comics lost, uh, an absolute legend. It'll be cool to see uh, how Marvel and DC honor him. Um, they usually with these yeah. very sad losses, there are like full page, uh, odes to the, to those creators. Mm-hmm. So likely something in the next two months, probably. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I've got my my Neil Adams artist edition hardcovers that I will be revisiting nice, this week. Very nice. Yeah, that's a yeah. great way to honor him. In other comics Titan news, Frank mm-hmm. Miller announced via THR that he is launching Frank Miller Presents, uh, a new publish yep. indie publishing. From... <laughs> wow, I like that. That's pretty funny. Um, it, it's an indie publisher that uh, he, well, is not only editor-in-chief, but president, but, mm. wait a minute, mm-hmm. who's the publisher? Well, it's none other than Dan Didio. Oh, it's a team-up we didn't see coming. <laughs> Dave? Yeah. The logo is a fedora. <laughs> the logo, and it's in rain, by the way. Or in the rain. <laughs> it's very Sin City, um, isn't it? It is. I mean... Yeah, it's it's interesting that like a lot of the 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 announcement is based around uh, we're investing in the future of comics and pushing these new artists and creators and doesn't mention any of them. Yeah, (laughs) that's weird, right? It's a lot of it's a lot of like this is going to be the best place for new storytellers. Anyway, I'm writing more Ronin and Sin City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a weird, uh, a weird thing. I mean, I guess I saw Jimmy Palmiotti actually correcting people on Twitter, and he was like, "Oh, the the announcement was Sin City and Ronin. Of course, there's more. They just are holding back because that's the smart no, that move makes for like a salesy kind it, of way." It does make sense. I think it's just my general uh, inclination towards side eyeing everything Frank Miller does. Yeah, <laughs> he's done quite a few problematic storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I haven't loved his art style in quite some time. I don't know if it's if he's lost mm-hmm. it or if he's just gone in a direction I don't like. But I think he's gone in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, but it's in, in a lot of ways he's gone <laughs> in a different direction. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, you know, uh, I'll keep an eye out to see who else gets. Uh, right. What's interesting, you know, who else gets re- announced when they mentioned they'll they'll have other creators. Of course, they. I think they yeah. said veterans first, then they said new creators. So I wonder if this is going to be more of a clubhouse, a Frank Miller clubhouse of his friends. I guess we'll see. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it. I guess we will see. It's so weird, dude. Um, like twenty years ago, we had like. Yeah. 15 less comics publishers and it, it yeah. it's gotten to the point where i'm like do we really need another comics publisher i don't know well i you know we, we, we you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this is curated and mm. and uh you know it, it, he says he wants books with a distinct visual style so i wonder if it's stuff that kind of fits into the black and white indie mold mm. you know if this mm-hmm. is something like well it, it's honestly like the the most uh, intriguing thing about this announcement is that the uh the new sin city book is 
a Western set in the 1800s. That's wild to me. And, uh, how do you do a Western and, at night? I guess you could, but most Westerns <laughs> are the sun, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, pistols at noon. Uh, no, I, I gotta, I don't know, man. Like, I, this is something that I would have been very excited about pre-Holy Terror, yeah. pre, you know, Dark Knight, the Master Race. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. Like, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that this is a, a, a creator who, well, I, I do know that this is not a creator who speaks for me anymore. No, yeah, uh, I agree with that. That speaks to my sensibilities. But, um, you know, if, if, if this is a way to get smaller artists mm-hmm. recognize and and people and break some new talent into the industry i think that's always a good thing yeah uh we'll just have to wait and see if you know if it's i need you to appeal i my worry is that this is going to be something based around like uh you know f- you know finally we don't have to listen to those editors <laughs> and do whatever we want and like, there's gonna I, be nudity. I, when there's I gonna hear- be press there's gonna be breath. When I hear like he's curating it, I'm just like, okay, well, this. I hope it's not just books that kind Women of like sheets. align with his politics. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, if he's editor in chief, so, it's gonna be right. I mean, he's the one guiding the guiding we'll see. light of it. I guess we will see. If we will see what Fump will bring. Fump <laughs> makes me think of Fupa. Um, <laughs> you know, what's also interesting to me is uh, Dark Horse launched these new Sin City omnibuses. Uh, late last year they have a new yeah. one coming out actually this uh next month but and now i realize why <laughs> they were like mm-hmm. they probably got the writing on the walls uh miller was like yeah i'm taking it all away from dark horse and, and they were yeah. like Shit, print oh that's it, interesting print it, print yeah it i wonder <laughs> i wonder if that means he has because i mean it is a it's, it's a creator-owned book technically i think so I believe but, but... With the, weird thing for me though ronan i thought was owned by dc so maybe there's a loophole. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, DC. I mean, they haven't done anything yeah. with Ronan. Maybe they just gave since it since the original. Ooh, ooh. The original story. Conspiracy theorist Dan Didio mm. gave him Ronan mm-hmm. when he was still co-publisher with Jim Lee on DC, knowing interesting, knowing that yeah. he'd be fired. No, <laughs> knowing that one day he would go do this. Uh, anyway, interesting. It's uh, yeah. it'll be interesting I mean, we'll what see. comes out. We're supposed to get some new uh, Sin City books later this year. Uh, we don't know anything about like how they'll be distributed yet. Likely they'll use diamond. I would imagine. Well, in the various uh, film production companies have been trying to get one version of Ronin made or another over the last like 10, 15 years. So maybe this is another way to kind of like push the interest um, yeah. in that in do that a IP. sequel so that the producers are like wait look it, it has an extended life we could do sequels check it out yeah <laughs> speaking of sequels check it out sort of sequels edgar wright yeah. is scripting brian lee o'malley's seconds and blake lively is making her film directing debut with seconds yeah. um if you don't know really fascinating that oh yeah go edgar ahead. wright uh wrote and directed scott pilgrim vs. the world uh brian o- yeah. uh, brian lee o'malley's um epic classic Seconds mm-hmm. is lesser known. It was a graphic novel published a few mm-hmm. years later after he finished Scott Pilgrim in full color. Scott Pilgrim was actually black yeah. and white. Um, and it's a book Love about uh, a restaurant. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, this, this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, what if that That's was it. the log line? It's a story about a restaurant. It's Hell's <laughs> Kitchen. It's just like John Favreau's chef, um, but with time, time stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, um, the main character discovers a way to uh, basically allow herself a, a do-over day 
and uh, starts kind of making selfish decisions that impact the world around her. Uh, it's a it's a really fun book. I think in some ways it's it's better and more more mature than Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. Uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that Edgar Wright is scripting and not directing. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't um, it? But I, I, I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, we, we will have a, a. It's such a, it's such a, a woman driven story yeah. that I, I love that. I love that we, we will have a, a woman director on yeah, this. Totally. Like I, this is, could be very cool. Uh, it, it, I think this also, since it's more self contained and less of a, you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the World had the unenviable task of adapting seven six volumes of a series yeah. uh one of which hadn't come out yet right. uh, so this is i think maybe will allow them to tell a little more of a complete compact story another conspiracy theory for you Edgar okay. Wright is going to direct fantastic four now that john watts uh quit the project <sighs> and he didn't have time Can you imagine to direct seconds mm. no, no, no probably not have you ever heard edgar Wright in an interview i love his voice so much yeah he's got like this sweet british voice yeah, yeah. There was, he was on Comedy Bang Bang talking about last night in Soho, and he's just like, "So I wanted to do this. <laughs> this oh, it's not sweet. story. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, it's not. It's not exactly how I just did, uh, but it's it's higher than you expect. That's like, funny. He's just a very fun guy. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm super still funny. kind of upset that he didn't get to direct uh, Ant Man. It would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, and you can still tell which were his jokes. Oh, in sure. That, in that movie, like when you watch when you watch Ant Man, like. The whole uh, them <laughs> making Siri play the cure right, is one hundred percent an Edgar Wright gag. Oh, yeah. Like it's my favorite joke in the MCU. It's <laughs> prayers for rain playing while, or a plane song playing while they while they're fighting. It's so fucking good. Yeah, God, it would have been so different visually editing. Yeah, insane. Staying in the lane of uh, Hollywood, actor Hannah Rose May will be writing Rogues mm -hmm. Gallery with spider-punk artist Justin Mason. You might already know about yes. this news because um, David Lynch uh, let us know about that earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. It's Dustin Mason and Declan Shalvey, right? Yeah, so the press release is very weird because they list mm -hmm. Justin as the artist and then later down in the bottom they say, and Declan Shalvey's also involved. I don't know if that means he's just doing covers maybe. Um, or he's doing backups. Oh, maybe. There's absolutely no detail on how it's splitting up art, but it's got to have some kind of difference. Triana Farrell and uh, Hassan Atzmanelhal. And it's launching July 20th. Nice. So this is weird. The Purge meets Scream? I love it. What that the sounds hell? fun. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that could be. Um, yeah, but she it's The Purge meets Scream, and the main character is like a, a, a an actress who plays a superhero on television. Uh what a what a wild concept and i we were just talking about this when spider punk dropped that like justin mason is like right on the cusp oh, yeah. of being like in demand you know what i mean like this oh, is sure i'm sure. so excited to see this yeah me too yeah it looks really fun and yeah i, I think more horror please yeah I guess. <laughs> it's like we really are in like this revolution of horror and comics definitely too. Speaking of horror and comics, oh, New York Comic Con 2022 is You know happening. what would be cool? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you know what would be really cool That's is good. if Justin Mason's doing like the main story and then Declan is doing the TV show that she's on. Like, and that's a oh, that, that would be. Ah, that would be really neat. I wonder if that's that would be a nice way to, to yeah. split it up too. Anyway, sorry, yes, Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, I was just mentioning the horror of Comic Con because. Mm. Uh, 
you know, pandemic, et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Well, New York Comic Con has started to announce their first round uh-huh. of guests. Now, it's not till October, yes. so it's really early. Uh, but they've got Peach Momoko coming, Arthur Adams, um, call, uh, who else? <laughs> Uh, David Tennant is their yeah. big actor uh, get at yeah. this point. Art Adams. Um, I would love to uh, meet Peach Momoko. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Awesome. She's the best. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think the tickets are... Can you even get I tickets don't think yet? so. For New York Comic Con? No. Yeah, it's too early. I mean, you can't even get uh, San Diego Comic Con tickets yet. And those are, that's in July. Uh, according to this, tickets go on sale May 22nd. So they're just trying to start the first round of hype. Uh, got it. Yeah, uh, we'll be covering it at AFPT. We have mm-hmm. at least uh, three people going, if not me as you know, well. I might go. My, sure. my conspiracy theory, uh, which probably won't even come true, because they are shooting a second season of Good Omens or may have already finished it. The, the rumor yeah. is the original showrunner of the Doctor Who revival is taking back over mm-hmm. as showrunner for the next season. And one of the big rumors is that David Tennant is just going to straight up be the Doctor again somehow <laughs> for, a, for at least huh, a season. So I my my conspiracy theory is that this is where they will announce that. Uh, but I don't. That makes sense. Good. But I, you know, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, something else announced, uh, the Eisner Awards uh, have listed off their Hall of Fame for 2022, mm-hmm. um, which, so there are nominees, so I don't think they're all winners, but there are also, like, absolute winners in this listing, uh-huh. I think, if I'm reading this right. But uh, some some big names on this list uh, for their Hall of Fame, including Mark Wade, um, Grant Morrison, Jim Shooter, David Mazzuccelli, uh Larry Hama, Steve Englehart, Kevin Eastman. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Conway. I mean, these are people that literally crafted the comics that we. Yeah, grew up four, with. At least four of them will be selected. And in my head, I'm just like, how are some of these already not in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> like, Howard Chaykin. Howard Chaykin and Jerry Conway alone. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin Eastman. I mean, uh, I guess he came out in the 80s, right? With Ninja yeah. Turtles. Have you ever heard of that Ninja Turtles? I, I don't know. If yeah, it's that yeah you don't know if I like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a ton of heavy hitters mm-hmm. here. Basically, uh, the way the Hall of Fame works is they all get an Eisner mm-hmm. Award. Um, it's sort of like in the Oscars when there's um, didn't uh, Samuel L. Jackson get an Oscar this year? Uh, and it's like an honorary he did, like, yes. career yeah. Oscar. It's sort of like that. Like I forgot because they left it never... out of the telecast. <laughs> I know, right? Everyone was shocked yeah. by that. They're like, wait, what? Is yeah. this real? Am I getting punked? So it's a cool way to honor some of these creators that likely haven't ever won an mm-hmm. Eisner. Um, but also, I mean, these are all titans that deserve Absolutely. it. And they deserve it because they sell comics, which in our next bit of news, mm-hmm. comic has come out with their January to March uh, co- comic sales comparison. Mm-hmm. Now... It's all screwed up with these sales numbers, unfortunately. And it used to be cool to go through the numbers because Diamond mm-hmm. literally was the only one pu- pushing out all the uh, comics. So they knew right. all the numbers. But now Marvel and DC have left Diamond 100%. Um, so they're not uh, factored into these right. lists. But uh, there's some interesting top-selling independent comics in this, uh, this yeah. sheet, including Spawn Scorch number one selling 257,000 copies. Spawn, I mean, Spawn's I all over this. Spawn and Saga make up m- most of this list. 
that's crazy it's so funny because you look at so they've compared it january to march 2020 to january to march 2022 to show like the difference between when diamonds you know exclusivity deal ended and it's yeah. still in 2020 spawn makes up a third of the list power rangers and ninja turtles make up a third of the list uh it, it's kind of funny to see like the things that haven't quite changed decorum which is getting a hardcover i think it was this week yeah. actually in 2020 was the number one selling book at 47,000 but if you look at the numbers compared to now the numbers are all way yes. higher the, the 10th highest selling book saga number 57 mm-hmm. this year 46,000 is nearly as much as decorum which was 47 yeah that's wild year. Yet another chart to go, oh, man, comics, are, we're going out of business. I, I think that uh, <laughs> we're done. AT&T is going to buy Marvel. It. And uh... <laughs> it is wild that like the, the number two comic is Saga number 55, which sold like a third or a fourth of the copies of Spawn Scorched to number one. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Wild. I, I'm not a Spawn hater. No, I know. I just I consistently try i try I hard to get into it because i know it's so popular Same. and there are so many weeks where i want to review a spawn book and i'm like i just can't i just don't like it and i don't feel like i need to put that energy sure. in the world but you tried you but tried man that's that's what matters i should get credit yes. and you, you guys should be praised. you guys you should be praised <laughs> speaking of praise in our next segment top yeah. books that we can talk about our top two favorite comics <gasps> what you got I had to get a breath in. Oh man, my second favorite book of the week was Rogue Son number three by Ryan Parrott and yeah. Abel. Um, we had uh, Ryan on the show a couple months mm-hmm. ago, weeks ago. Um, I just I think it's a really fresh feeling superhero book. It's fun. Uh, this issue in particular uh, brings in some crazy supernatural elements, magic, uh, dark magic, bog monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I actually compared it to Dylan Dog, which I don't think it's really quite. If you don't know what Dylan Dog is, it's a pretty old uh, Italian comic, but that was more like straight detective work, yeah. but goofiness too. There's some goofiness, goofiness in this, but I was kind of surprised how supernatural it got um, because, I mean, there was a werewolf in the last right. issue, but it's starting to, I'm starting to realize like this isn't just, um, you know, like a another Batman radiant black. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a decidedly more magical element to the series. And, um, I, I'm I'm interested in this mystery. We yeah. don't know who killed the original Rogue Son, the main character's dad, and the concept of um, hearing his father in his head and giving him sure. advice. I think works really yeah. well. I could not believe this is a big spoiler, but I cannot believe in Thor this week. Odin is in Mjolnir yes. and is talking to him and giving right. him advice, and I'm like, what the hell? Is this the same th- I love story? It. What? Yeah, parallel thinking. <sighs> Man, and we got Peacemaker too, where the dad is in his head. <laughs> right. I mean, is this just like is the zeitgeist? It's now? the year. Is my dad gonna start no, talking to it's me in my year head? of ghost I dads? I don't know. <laughs> ghost dad. That's a great movie. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I don't idea. think that anyone should revisit Ghost Dad anymore. <laughs> Wait, was that a it Bill sure was. Movie? Oh man, I don't even know how I remember that because I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just think. You know, reading so many superhero comics every week, it's fun to get a fresher kind of take on yeah. superheroes. Even though there are tons of tropes that are familiar, um, it's it's nice Definitely. and it's new. So yeah. it's cool. 
Uh, was your uh, second favorite book of the week nice and new? Yeah, it was new. It wasn't very nice, though. It was gritty and tough and mean. <laughs> uh, um, I went with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number five by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Tom Waltz, Ben Bishop, Esau Escorza, and Isaac Escorza. Um, this is the the conclusion to The Last Ronin story, and it's all action. I mean, it's uh, uh, the... it's. Michelangelo taking the fight to the Foot Clan and putting an end to the Shredder's lineage. Uh, and genuinely, like most of it is a big ass fight scene, but the, you know, the emotional stakes are huge. The narration is like heartbreaking at times. And you really, as it goes on, you're just like, okay, yeah, this is exactly what this story has been leading to. There were, there were bits where I felt like I wanted a little bit more but I think that's almost the point of the story is, you know, that the, 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 this is just, just the end of one chapter, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, there's a lot of hope in this book, even though it's bloody as hell and crazy violent. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, it got me, got me a little bit in my feels and, and made me really smile at the very end. Uh, I love that it ended in like a mud pit. Yeah, very Dark Knight Returns, right? Right? Uh, love, yeah. Yeah, and Shredder looked cool too and his weird team with yeah he's got literally it's like a liquid metal (laughs) nanite suit uh and uh it's just fun like uh seeing moments where you know the old michelangelo kind of comes out for a second and uh i just yeah i i i absolutely adored this mini series and i cannot wait to pick up the collection nice uh my favorite book of the week was saga number 58 by brian k vaughn and fiona staples uh, I'm actually surprised. This is the first time Saga, since it's been back, has been on my best of. Oh, yeah. Um, it's and, and that's in part because it feels like the story is still trying to find where it's mm-hmm. going. Like, even this issue has some table setting. Uh, and we're, I think, three issues. Three issues into the, the latest yeah. story arc. Um, this issue in particular was fairly striking because we have Alana... Okay, this is a big spoiler if you haven't read Saga, but <laughs> she's talking about being a widow. She's making a drug deal with a character, and they kind of relate to each other because they both lost uh, their lover. And it's really meaningful, and it's done in a way that's really mature. And yet, there is the book opens with a giant Cthulhu bunny jumping at <laughs> yeah. them. So this blend of like realism and maturity and actual conversations that I think a lot of people will impart some wisdom from nice. uh, just makes it such a, just a joy to read. And so, so unique. I don't think there's anything else like it blending like this fun supernatural with some like really meaningful conversation. Absolutely. And if you guys are trying to work through your feelings with saga, comic book couples counseling has done some really great episodes on that, on that series. Uh, yeah, really especially have. when it comes to like dealing with grief and how that can almost kind of represent your mm. your love in a new way uh right. such a such right. a brilliant series um i went with something very much not a quiet contemplative story <laughs> for my favorite book of the week <laughs> um i love man Sabretooth number three by victor lavelle and leonard kirk if you had told me a few months ago that Sabretooth yeah. was going to be my favorite X book, I I would have been like, uh, yeah, I don't, that's not really my vibe. Um, but, you, you know, I never, I also didn't expect it to be this weird cerebral metaphysical story uh, and, a, and, a, yeah. and a 
a jailbreak story. I mean, this combines so many kind of it's like a heist. It is. Yeah. Almost, there's so many it? things that I love. The book opens with, so Sabretooth has been sent into a prison inside of Krakoa and it's kind of allowed his mind to wander to the point where he's created his own mental universe that any other prisoner who is sent into it is kind of like subject to his whim. Uh, and they've all decided we've been wrong. We, we don't deserve to be here. Uh, Xavier doesn't know how bad things are here. We have to get out. And it opens with them on a, like leaving oh, Alcatraz, like this Alcatraz style thing on a raft made of like the quiet council. Like it's like a raft. <laughs> They're dead like bodies. Xavier like grafted onto Magneto and Mr. Sinister and, and uh, Apocalypse. It's so, it's such a crazy visual. Um, and they're, they're kind of just, the whole issue is them kind of just spreading the word, realizing that they can, you know, uh, step out into Krakoa in small ways and communicate with the citizens there. And the fact that there's this kind of grassroots rebellion forming uh, based on the people who Xavier, for all of his so-called like altruism and caring about unity, uh, doesn't really consider some mutant, like considers a lot of the mutants to be below his concern. And so they're just like, okay, well, we'll talk to the people he'd never even think to read their minds you know the folks who right. are that was really smart yeah. uh, it's uh it's just such a it's such a smart weird sad and occasionally hilarious book uh and i i just I, there's literally there's nothing else like it in the in the x-men line and i absolutely love it i love too how lavelle is pulling in real life stuff from our oh, own sure. history yeah to add commentary like I forget what the data page was about this issue, but there's the previous issue where they talk about like the firefighters yeah. um, uh, that, that are people who are fighting fires who are also prisoners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of this is just like, yeah, it's, it's a critique of how they were just kind of thrown in a pit and forgotten about, you know, and, yeah. and for yeah. this so-called this like utopia that Xavier is building, it doesn't scan. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, I remember now. The data page was about like the CIA and how they they use jazz to fight yes. communism. Yeah, that is that yes. real? If it is, that's it fascinating. Is. Yeah, yeah, love it. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really in, uh, excited for the next. I think there's only five issues in this. Uh, mini oh, is it? I'm okay, man. I, I hope they get more yeah, because yeah. this is there's. This is just such a wild concept and it it absolutely works. Giving like Sabretooth these three internal personalities that are communicating so with smart. each other is so yeah. smart too. Because like not only, I mean, he's a vicious murderous But he's killer. revealing truths to himself as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that you, with that chaos of these other people in his mind or other selves yeah. in his mind, like of course there's this this insane chaos in and each character. issue we learn a little bit more about the other inmates like this one was very focused on mm. melter and like his sort of oh jesus but, that opening page where he melted his parents. heartbreaking yeah <laughs> oh, so yeah. terrible uh you know it's not uh. terrible our standout moment of the week My, mine was more of like a i think ours are more of like a kersplat moment of the week because we both went for books with blood in the title <laughs> Kersplat. <laughs> Ooh, I, I I I vote to change it from Kapow to Kersplat. Okay, let's do it again. Come on. Oh, we have to yeah. do it right now. Stand out. <laughs> <laughs> Moment of the week. Sounds like you were sick. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. 
Uh, my favorite moment of the week comes from Step by Bloody Step yeah. number three by Cyspuria Mateus Bergera. This issue uh, has so many epic vistas, like multiple just giant spaces with these giant structures. Yeah. My uh, my page, which you can go to aptcomics.com, look at this podcast post, you can see it in full, is like this epic like arena, and uh, you have to really zoom in to see the detail, yeah. like insane level of detail. It it also kind of reminds. It's almost like a, a temple. That kind of reminds me of the never-ending story. Oh, sure, and I can see that. This issue gave me that never-ending story-like feel, that vibe of like you know, just awe-inspiring. And good lord, I mean, th- again, this is a book that has no dialogue, yeah. and the art just speaks for itself. And it's this page is just insane. Like it could be a poster on your wall. It could be a freaking poster for a, like a metal, heavy metal right. band too. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, uh, definitely one of the coolest uh, issues as far as like just epic mm-hmm. mind melting imagery. Yeah, it's a it's what a was your book. favorite. Moment? Um, I I loved this moment from Bloodstained Teeth number one by Christian Ward, Patrick Reynolds, and Heather Moore. This is a story about uh, vampires. Kind of, uh, it's sort of almost a mob story involving vampires. You know, like sort of like people leaning on each other to try to protect their own interests. And uh, this one page really stuck out to me in which the main character is being interrogated by, uh, you know, Bram Stoker, who is a real vampire in this world. (laughs) (laughs) And and like my favorite reveal of the issue. And uh, who wrote a book poorly on purpose to, to, you know, throw people off the track. Throw people off. Uh, But the, the, it's, it's a, it's a great idea. But uh, Brahm is saying, uh, you know, you're you're sitting, you've left your drapes open and just a little bit of sunlight peeks in. And the way that Heather mm. Moore has colored this page where it's it's not only is it like he erupts into flames, but it feels like almost like we're inside like the blinding lights in his head. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. It's, right, right. it's such a, it's, it just crackles with so much energy and Hassan Otsman uh lettering in this issue is just insane. The, that, wow, the word balloons and this the word balloons are incredible. Cool. You can see him getting more like less groggy and more terrified. And then also this hissing sound effect of the, of the skin burning is wild too. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's a hell of a page, man. It really, like, really stuck out to me. This whole book is visually incredible. It really is, yeah. It, like, there's, like, a crazy level of detail, but then the mm-hmm. color, it's just so graffiti-esque and just splashing around, and, like, it just, yeah, it's just chaotic. And I, I saw Christian Ward posted, tweeted something about how he had just written the foreword to the second trade of uh, Bloodstained Teeth, so he's like, okay, I guess that <laughs> means we're going to get at least four more issues, so... Uh, so oh, yeah, wow, I guess cool. people are really happy with it. Nice. Moving on to our top books for next week. What we're interested in out next week. And oh my mm-hmm. lord, it's a Spidey miracle. Yeah? <laughs> we both uh, we both really are excited for Steve Orlando and Paul Fry's Spider-Man 2009. Exodus Alpha number yeah. one. It's uh, one of Marvel's sort of mini events. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite a mini series because it's a bunch of one-shot style extra size yeah with an alpha and omega on either end sort of like the steve orlando's dark hold event that he that he kind of shepherded yeah that's right yeah um yeah i'm super excited for this i have not you've read this issue yeah yeah i got to read it yeah yeah i'll be reviewing it on monday as well yeah i am 
I'm so excited for it. I, I'm a big 2099, specifically Spider-Man 2099 fan. And um, yeah, me too. really uh, just looking forward to seeing Miguel back in action on his home turf. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you, you said Ghost Rider 2099 factors into the story pretty heavily. And so, and yep, uh, yep. He's, he pops up halfway And I believe through. this also introduces the Winter Soldier of 2099. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, or at least this mini series will. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about yeah. the, uh, just all the, all the possibilities. Like I, I, I know nothing about it other than my guy, Miguel O'Hara is back on them streets. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shocking good time, yeah. guys. It's, it, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got that future slate. <laughs> I, um, just to, to detail how big of a Spider-Man 2009 fan I am, I, uh, I actually reviewed the new Mezcode Poise uh, 112 yes. collective action figure. That figure Friday. looks great. It's really good. It's actually better than the substantially more expensive Sideshow collectibles wow. uh, exclusive. Yeah, it's the problem with the Sideshow is the leather onesie yeah. he's wearing, it bunches in the crotch and it just doesn't yes, look cool. Yes, you told me about bunched. that. Yeah. The uh <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 man, I'm being fed when it comes to like future alternates of my favorite character i mean i know got, the new batman there's beyond two batman beyond books on the shelf right now oh that's true uh, <laughs> well, one of which i i love <laughs> uh yeah neo, neo year uh neo year and 2099 in the same week is very exciting uh we're gonna get it more is. i think there's gonna be a new spider-verse trailer cut together soon um did you see mm. that uh, there was footage that played at CinemaCon of 29 of the uh, into the across the Spider Verse, CinemaCon is such a freaking. It's such tease, a weird thing it? where it's like we all. It was like, oh look, there's this. But and you this, can't but you see can't it, see and it. I can only vaguely describe <laughs> it to you. But apparently, <laughs> the first they they screened like the first 15 minutes or something like that of Across the Spider Verse. Oh, really? There's a full action sequence with 2099. Uh, Jessica Drew shows up and she's she's pregnant and like rocking the jacket look. Oh, yeah, nice. I can't, man. This movie is gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it stinks that it was delayed, yeah. but if they have to make it better, yeah, do of it. course. You get Absolutely. One shot and, well, and there, it's such an intricate process, right? They're they're doing uh, each universe is gonna have its own distinct art style. Uh, so they they are yeah they're going all out. I That's cannot crazy. wait. Basically, like multiple animated movies yeah. in one. I movie. mean, yes, yeah, uh, it's so exciting that and. I, I'm hoping we will get a new trailer for it ahead of Doctor Strange next weekend. Um, but I know Ooh, we're getting that Avatar nice. trailer. You excited? <laughs> you excited for Avatar: I, The Shape of Water or whatever it's called? I'm ex. I'm gonna be excited when it's done, so people aren't still talking about it coming out in some some type of future that it's I'm never sorry gonna bro like I, they're they've got he's got five sequels lined up for the next ten years. This is gonna be. All right, mark my words. It's going to be like Fantastic Beasts. They're going to announce five yeah. movies. They're going to put out the first one. It's going to do pretty well. Second one's not going to yeah. be as good. Everyone's going yeah. to hate it. Everyone's going to be like, there's going to be three and more. And at some point, Giovanni Ribisi's so so character forth. is trying to stop World War II, and everyone else is like, no, you can't. <laughs> How can this happen? We're not even on Earth. Johnny Depp will be recast. I mean, it's just going to be <laughs> on and on. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is now playing <laughs> Stephen Lang's character. <laughs> Oh God! And he doesn't wear makeup, or they don't. Even don't do know CGI. the names. Put Mickelson. I don't know the, the names of any Avatar character. I'm literally just saying Stephen Lang, Sam Worthington. Is it they, wild that we'll see a Disney new movie a, with Sam Worthington in it? 
It will yeah. be. Yes. Uh, is he the lead character? Uh-huh. I just saw him. He he has this, the best quote ever. He said, "When I made the first one, I was in my thirties. Yeah. By the time the last one will come out, I will be in a wheelchair like my character. Oh my! Because God. he'll be so old. That's insane. Because <laughs> because if you don't know his character in the in the first movie, yeah. um, right? Walk. What a uh, wild thing to say. But, <laughs> I know, right? It, when I read that, I was like, "Is he pissed off? It sounds like he's pissed yeah. off." Because you know, when he had that first one, everyone was like, "Oh, he's the next big action star," and then like. He of course does barely not anything because Terminator you know, Salvation kind of was terrible and yeah. He, oh, did you see the, the director of that recently Mc, came out? McG? He said he's got a new ending. Yeah, yeah, he has an ending that people will love, and I'm like, no one. Wait, cares he's gonna re-release it or or what? Uh, I think he's trying to create buzz. He's like, ah, oh, I've well, got they footage. Shot, it's gonna be they better. They shot in a different ending for that. Well, we can talk about this off mic, but there is a, the the original ending for that movie <laughs> that played for test audiences is one of the wildest most misguided things i've ever heard and and i'm talking about terminator a franchise with two good movies <laughs> two and a half good movies i like dark fate <laughs> oh man i bet christian bale still you know wishes he didn't do that movie i you know i, I yeah maybe anyway moving on to our next segment judging by the cover junior our favorite cover yeah. art out next week what you got Nate? so i have if i can get this to open um uh, Archer and Armstrong Forever, number one. Uh, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a variant cover by Dan Hip, and it so it's so good. good. Yeah, is everything he does like just slaps. But this is such a fun cover because it incorporates a ton of stuff from the Valiant universe, and it's um, it's Armstrong with his arm around Archer, and Armstrong's got a bunch of arrows and swords in his back, and he's still just throwing back a brew with bloodshot on it and <laughs> archer's got a jacket with a ninjack patch and uh i, I just i dan hip always does these great covers where everyone's kind of like swagged out like he had that excellent yeah. batman variant a few months ago where batman's like holding a yep. cold brew and <laughs> wearing, wearing glasses and a cardigan uh yeah and it's just such a fun cover that really tells you everything you know, need to know about these characters like archer is beat to shit and he's still standing in front of armstrong who ostensibly well until this series can't die um and i love i love the detail of all the bullet holes in uh in armstrong's coat but there's no blood or actual like injury behind it uh it's it's excellent right it's really good i love the pew pew yes yeah Oh man! If you go to uh, aftcomics.com and go to this podcast post, you can see this he's, covered. Full. He's also so good with textures in fabric, like that that mm. scarf that uh, that Armstrong is wearing just looks so comfortable. The skin too, yeah, looks great. Yeah, I love it. Is he giving the middle finger? Or is that his? Pointer? I think it's his pointer. Oh, okay. Why is there a like a little, little bit of light on his band? Uh, maybe it's, it's healing under there. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> My favorite cover art comes from Batman number 123, a uh, variant cover by Gabriel Del Otto. Yeah, this is great. Guy is a painter. Uh, what I love about this is, okay, so it's Batman, first of all. Pretty Second cool. Second of all, uh, the bat signal is on this mm-hmm. wall that he's standing in front of. Now, he's like inset into this mm-hmm. wall. There's like this sort of column to his right. Now, if he were to just lean back a little bit his head would create would the, horns the horns the, yeah of the symbol so such great. a cool idea um i the, the 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 version you're looking at right now isn't as detailed as the one on aipt in the preview mm-hmm. because if you zoom in really close the textures of 
the cape, it looks like leather. It looks like worn awesome. leather. Um, just really cool little details that you can't do necessarily without uh, oil yeah. and uh, canvas. Ah, that's so great. Um, God, I, I want to own one of his originals, yeah. but I was looking into it one time, and it's like cheapest you can go is fifty. I know. I've looked into it too. Uh, he's, I mean, he's the best. Uh, I he was, really is, yeah. I was gonna tell you, I was looking through uh, cover art for next week, and you know the new releases, and one of the things that really bummed me out was that, uh, you know, they're doing those DC Earth Prime stories that are set in the cw universe yeah. next week's mm -hmm. issue is legends of tomorrow and they literally just announced the show's cancellation yesterday oh shoot that the first man. issue was batwoman which was also canceled yesterday you're right uh, so shit. yeah I, it's not not boding well for the arrowverse <laughs> no it's not in our last segment with Doctor Strange and Madness, what's the fucking title? Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> uh, with that coming out in only a few days from now, um, and of course, spoilers are going to start spreading probably on Tuesday or Monday even. Marvel, uh, it's so funny. Like, literally, the movie comes out next weekend and Marvel's like, we should put four cameos in our last TV spot. We have a 15-second TV spot. How many cameos can we put into it? Yeah. Like, that yeah, was yeah, insane. Yeah. I, that was the thing that really shocked me. We got Captain Me Pro. too. There's a bit of spoiler talk here, if you don't want to be spoiled by doc, uh, for Doctor Strange. But Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Carter... And yeah. Xavier in the classic 1990s suit and yeah, and yellow, yellow chair. thing. Yeah, the floaty one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so we we decided why don't we just shoot for the moon and say the wildest cameos that we hope we see. Yeah, I think I think I think movie. we both have our favorite. We okay. haven't talked about this before. Let's say the number one favorite cameo we want to see at the same time, and I'll count down to three, and then we'll say it. Oh, okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Tom Cruise's Killmonger. Iron Man. Oh. Damn <laughs> I mean, that would be insane. He he the, he has said that he's not in it, but whatever. We Andrew Garfield said he wasn't in Spider-Man. Uh true. Tom Cruise's Iron. Yeah, I think that's the that's the way to go, right? Like get these people who were were maybe attached to things at one yep. point and, yep. and do that. Uh let's yeah, let's get Tom Cruise as Iron Man. Let's get uh Who'd Let's you, get Glenn was, Danzig as Wolverine. Oh my God. I want Danny DeVito as Wolverine personally. Sure. Was, was uh, your, were you really serious about Killmonger? Yes, All I right. think. Uh, so if we're doing the Illuminati, of which Black Panther is traditionally a member, True. why not bring in a variant of Killmonger as, right. uh, as a member of the Illuminati? Mm -hmm. uh, let's bring in Anson Mount as Black Bolt. Uh, he's he's crushing it on Star Trek right now. Let's bring him back. Let's That's do true. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, let's get uh, let's get Mahershala Ali as as Blade for the first time on screen. Could you imagine if they did like all? What if the Fantastic Four showed up? There's no way that's going to happen. All of them, and they've already cast it. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. like that's how they reveal it. You think we will get that John Krasinski? Oh, uh, Mister Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, woman, yeah. yeah, that would be quite something i would i, I know raul raul coley from i zombie and midnight mass really once mm. has like thrown his hat in the ring for mr fantastic i think he'd be a hell of a john constantine but oh, yeah. you know like you know we can have both <laughs> well, well that's actually a good question will we see any mm -hmm. cameos from the dc universe because that would be a really oh, cool fun thing. sure we let's get let's get some amalgam characters in there dark let's get claw, super right? soldier dark claw <laughs> 
uh, Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman's in this, no doubt in my mind. You think so? I think he will be. Here's the thing. Mm. I think all of the cameos You don't think they're see, saving that for Deadpool 3? No, oh, that's true. Uh, that would be pretty good. Well, it could be a nod to Deadpool 3. Oh, they gotta get I, Ryan Reynolds then. Well, you know, we gotta get, uh, we gotta get Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. Yes, that was Thick such- Mysterio. Was he, it, the, the buzz was he was gonna be a villain in the third Spider-Man movie, right? Was that the fourth one? Yeah, or the yeah, fourth there's one? a storyboard. There's a storyboard of Spider-Man 4 would have started with him like foiling a bank robbery by Mysterio, oh, wow. who was like kind of paunchy. And he'd bring him into the the uh, police station and knock off his helmet, and it would be Bruce, like in the storyboard. It's drawn as Bruce Campbell, oh, which wow. is like so funny to me. He's in the second um, one, I think, right? He's the theater uh, door. He's in all three. He's oh, he is, he is oh. the wrestling announcer <laughs> in the first one. He's the usher. No, he yes, he's the usher at the theater in the second one, and then the third one, he's like the Mater D, who's like trying to like help Peter propose. Oh, um, right, right, right. Yeah. If you don't know, uh, the reason why Aaron, uh, Campbell would be in this movie is because his, his brother, Sam Raimi, is directing. No, his, like, a best friend, his best, best friend. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam Raimi is, like, well, and Sam Raimi has said that Bruce Campbell was on set at some point. So, like, uh, he, he he's in the movie somewhere. There's Okay, here's a question. So, there's definitely going to be cameos that'll matter. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Strange will probably have to fight Blade or somebody or something. Yeah. But will there be some kind of glory shot of like 400 characters on screen at once? Oh, like an Avengers forever, like a splash page, but yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A George Perez drawn movie yeah. moment. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, I'd love to see it. I, you know, I still think that there's, an, I mean, we don't even know really who the villain, I mean, the theory is that Wanda is like the villain of the movie. Right. But I feel like we still are like, I feel like nightmares got to be in there somewhere or some, there's that something that we're not seeing. Um, well, we, we have seen like evil Dr. Strange from what if since yeah, Captain Carter has already been confirmed. How many more of these, what if cartoon characters will show up? That would be uh, yeah. Party Thor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. And it'd be so easy. Cause I mean, he's doing Thor anyway. Party Thor, evil Hank Pym, uh, uh, whatever happened in that awful zombie episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we are getting zombies. We've seen zombie Wanda in the trailer and zombie strange. And we have, yeah. yeah. Um, what uh, is, there's a cosmic character that's already been revealed too. the one with the three heads. And it looks like, Oh, is the living tribunal in this? The living, the living tribunal. You can see its head in one of the trailer shots. Oh, I missed that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You can that's see crazy. one of its faces anyway. Um, uh, wow. Lots so to look forward to that. That is another element that no one's really talking about. Like this, mo this movie may really blow up the cosmic universe uh, unexpectedly. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably get destiny too. If we're going to get the, the, the living tribunal. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 well, we got a little bit of a hint of destiny in, in, uh, in the eternals. I feel like, like there's been a couple of little, little hints at the, right. uh, or eternity rather. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's no telling. I mean, I'm sure we'll get like a ton of stuff that's on screen for a second. You know what I mean? This is what we'll get. Uh, we'll get one of these shots right here. I love that. <laughs> yeah, get some get some wild cosmic stuff in I'm here. I'm showing him ego, order and destiny, chaos, Galactus, Watcher, the in betweener. <laughs> 
Oh man, uh, you know, I, I I would love it if uh, John Krasinski did show up as uh, Reed Richards. Um, yeah, I think if they do cameos like that of other multiverses, I would like yeah. it to be like, okay, no way this guy is ever gonna play Reed Richards because he's now playing an alternate. So version. let's shoot for the moon and get him on that. Yeah, I mean that's kind of I mean it's the it's the get Brad Pitt to play the Vanisher for one shot in right. Deadpool two. You right. know what I mean? Like he's not going to do, he's not going to play the Vanisher in a bunch of movies. Let's just do that. Right. Uh, There's gotta be someone who's playing. That's Iron a great Man point. Now. What if that is Tom Cruise on the Illuminati? I would, I mean, I'd love it. Yeah. There's no telling, uh, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm totally into, I'm totally into the idea for sure. This is, uh, it is kind of a, a bold thing to have Xavier prominently in the trailers because that means the X-Men mutants are officially going to be part of the MCU in some way. Yeah. Starting next Thursday at 2 PM at the AMC <sighs> at Duxbury. <laughs> no, I don't Is know. that where you've got your tickets? That's the first theater. No, no, no. I'm going to uh, Liberty tree mall in uh, uh, Danvers. So listeners go find uh, David Brooke and sit right <laughs> next to him. It's one of those theaters where you have uh, assigned seating. So uh, if you, if you luck. say you listen to the show, he'll, he'll share his raisinets with you. <laughs> raisinets. I don't think yeah. I've ever gotten raisinets. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week we'll have Greg Pack on. Let's talk about duo. Bye. 